episode 40. This is a full cast production of The Strange Disappearance of John Whitey Burnett, part one of a two-part telling. On a cool night in August, an unassuming man walked into Old Tom's back room to take part in an open mic. This wasn't unusual. Open mics happened all around the city. It was the staple of music venues to open their stage to the amateurs, the wannabes, and the up-and-comers with a guitar and a song to sing. John Whitey Burnett was no different. He had a song and a dream. What made this night different was what transpired that evening and the subsequent fallout in the audience. John Whitey Burnett was the fictional persona adopted by Dwayne Marsh. By all accounts, he was not a very good player. Some would even describe him as torturous to listen to. He was somewhat known in the indie music scene for his disastrous renditions of the only two songs he ever played and his dream that he would tell everyone he spoke to. His greatest dream was to wake the devil and make him cry. After years of being part of the open mic scene, he disappeared. Some say for several months, others say for a couple of years. No one knows where he went or what he was doing. There are some reports that he spent some time in the Delta and found a voodoo queen that gave him magical ability with the guitar. This, of course, is just a story. But they all agree the night he reappeared was a night that destroyed the lives of nearly all that were there. Now, all these years later, very few people know who John Whitey Burnett was. The few that do mostly wish they did not. Knowing him means you are probably at the open stage that night and it haunts you and will for the rest of their lives. Many in the audience could not be located and of those we found, most refused to talk about what happened to them that night and the days, months, and years afterwards. What follows is the testimony of eight of the individuals who have agreed to relive that night, some very reluctantly. Chapter 1. Ryan, the host. We sat by the open window of Old Tom's back room early on a Saturday afternoon in July. Ryan has agreed to talk about what took place many years ago while he was hosting his Wednesday night open mic. Dwayne came in that night. Oh yeah, sorry, John came in that night and I could tell something was different. First of all, it was busy. It was never that busy on a regular open mic. Wednesdays were usually pretty slow, but the place was full and the playlist was nearly full as well. John walked up to put his name down. I hadn't seen him for some time, but he looked different. I don't know how to describe it. He was thinner and looked haggard. Maybe he'd been sick. There was an intensity to him that I hadn't seen in him before, and he wasn't carrying that fucking guitar he usually played. He had a bad guitar? Yeah, it's terrible. Not the one he played that night. He usually played a cheap thing he bought online. Then he made it even worse by painting it black with fucking voodoo signs and symbols. The poor guitar probably didn't have good tone to begin with, but the paint just killed it. And they didn't mean shit, but he thought the symbols gave it an air of mystery as if he was from the south. Bullshit. He's just a white boy from around here. You wouldn't know the blues if it bit him in the ass. I gather you didn't like John. Nah, he was okay. He had some strange ideas and he couldn't play for shit, at least before. 
Like I said, that night was different. He had a different guitar, and it looked old, or, well, it looked okay when he first brought it in. You mean it changed? Well, yeah, it became new as he played it. I don't understand. No, neither do I. It got newer as he played. I can't describe it in any other way. It got newer. It was a strange night. He sits back and looks out the window at the rain, lost in memories. And you hadn't seen this guitar before. He returned from wherever he had gone. No, it wasn't his usual guitar. Like I said, and he always plays the same two songs. You'd think he'd get better at playing them, but he didn't. Tonight was different. He started with a song I'd never heard before. It was good. Really good. I was watching his hands. There were chord progressions I'd never heard before. It was unique. And oh yeah, his fingers were bleeding. Bleeding? Yes. He was in pain, but it didn't stop him from playing. It was brilliant. I'd never seen him play that well. I mean, not ever. The next song was angry, almost violent. I remember thinking how it must hurt like hell to play that hard with torn up fingers. Do you remember any of the lyrics? No, that's the other weird thing. I can't. I've tried. Uh, I've tried reproducing the chord changes, and I just can't get them. I can't remember them at all. Do you remember how many songs he played that night? After a pause. I think 12? No, 13. But I'm not 100% sure. My memory gets fuzzy when I try to focus on the night. And it's been years. Is it usual that you would let someone play more than two songs? No, not usual. Normally it's fairly strict. A two-song limit. It kept things fair. Also, if someone was shitty, you only had to listen to two songs and then they were gone. Why did you let John play more than two songs? I really don't know. I do remember that fucking guitar getting shiny as John played. Then everything changed. He started playing a song different from the others. I couldn't tell you what made it different. It was a different voice. It was terribly honest. It tore at me. It was as if he had reached inside me and sang my deepest fears and regrets. I felt embarrassed. I noticed John was crying as he played, but the weird thing was when his tears fell on the strings, they sizzled as if the strings were hot. I couldn't understand how it could be. I checked the board and it was dark. I panicked. I started checking cables. Then I noticed a burnt insulation smell. The next day I checked the board, it was completely fried. The inside was black. Never saw anything like it. Not before, not since. It was completely gutted. Did you notice anything else out of place? Yeah, there was a dog with really weird eyes. One looked like it was completely white, but not like huskies. It was just blank. Was the dog blind? No, no, nothing like that. It was it was fucking creepy is what it was. I like dogs. This dog gave me the creeps. Actually, it scared me. I was watching it when they first walked in, thinking Judy was going to be pissed that somebody brought a dog into his bar. When that dog looked at me... I had to look away. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. When John left the stage, he just dropped his guitar. It shattered like it was made of glass. There was almost nothing left. I swept up later. Wait. No, I didn't. That's odd. I left. I went home and fell asleep. I swept up the next day. I forgot about that. I can't believe Judy let me leave the stage in such a mess. But he didn't seem to be put out by any of it. He was even cool about the fried board. He just 
bought a new one. Had it the next day ready to go. Honestly, it was weird. He usually is a bastard about anything that costs him money. You know, he was off the entire night. Now that I think about it, acted way too cheerful, like it was a special night. It wasn't just another open mic. I guess that's not right though, because it turned out to be a special night, if you call it special. Chapter 2. Anonymous was in the audience. We're sitting in an elegant glass solarium in a fine house in an upscale neighborhood. It's just after lunch on a Tuesday in August. The solarium overlooks a well-manicured garden with a fountain. Jay, she has asked not to be identified, returns with coffee and sits. She's a handsome woman in her 60s. She smooths her skirt and glances around. She's obviously nervous. The house is quiet, like it's holding its breath. Once it had been filled with teenagers, now she only waits for her husband. You won't publish my name? No, as we agreed, you will remain anonymous. You were at old Tom's back room that night. Yes, yes I was. I just went there to listen to the music. Were you there to play? Yes. Did you go often? She looks at her hands. Yes, I I think I should explain something. My marriage at the time was not in a good place. My husband was working long hours, and he was rarely home. We had three young children. I had always wanted to sing on stage. You know, I was in a band in high school. She looks down at her hands. I only want to know what you witnessed that night. You can tell me as much or as little as you want. She straightens her skirt again and glances at the door. I was signed up to play. I had written a new song with my music partner. Did you know John? No. Before that night, I had never seen him. I was seated a couple of tables back from the stage. He walked past. I thought he looked like a bum. Sorry, I mean a a street person. He looked rough. He was carrying a dark guitar, and his hands were all torn up. They had dried blood on them. She glances once more at the front door. What happened next? I, well, he, he went to the host and he signed his name on the sheet. The host seemed to know him. They didn't talk, I don't think, but he recognized John, I'm sure of it. John walked to an empty table near the back of the room and he, he just sat there holding his guitar and he, he was staring straight ahead. Did he talk to anyone? No, not even the server. She went up to him, but he ignored her. It was dark there. The only light was coming from the stage, and his eyes seemed to glow. John's? Yes, they, they had an intensity. It, it's hard to describe. He was so focused. The host started the evening way playing a couple of tunes, and I forget what he played, but I had heard them before. He's good. After he he sat by the soundboard and he called the first name on the list. What was John doing? Honestly, I don't know. I was watching the stage. She shifts in her seat. When did you notice him again? When his name was announced. 
I remember I was surprised because he had signed up late, so would have been called much later in the evening. Did you notice anything else? Well, yes, but I'm, I'm not sure if I noticed then or afterwards. What do you mean? Well, a, a man was standing at the back of the room. I didn't see him arrive. He was watching John walk to the stage. The weird thing was that he had a dog with him. I don't, I don't think dogs were allowed in the cafe, but there he was. He was very handsome, dressed in a suit. It seemed like the host called John the moment he saw the man standing there. Did John see the man? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. He walked to the stage and he started to play without waiting for the host to announce him. He just started right in. Didn't even say what the song was called. I don't remember much of this song. It, it was nice, I think. John was very intense. I think he played a couple of songs, but I can't, I can't quite remember. What happened then? Well, after he played, there seemed to be a problem with his guitar. I think he broke a string. I, I don't really remember. I guess I drank more than I thought. Anyway, John seemed to smile, then dropped his guitar on the ground and walked off the stage. I never saw him leave. Did you see the man with the dog leave? Dog? Uh, oh, yeah. No. I, I don't know what happened to him. I never saw him again. What happened next? Nothing. It was late, and I went home. Chapter 3 Bradley, a songwriter. We're sitting on a park bench in the afternoon, not far from old Tom's. Bradley is shaking. He obviously has had a few bad years and has been living rough for some time. He had only agreed to the interview after I promised to pay him $20. You were at old Tom's that night. He twitches and looks at me with hollow eyes. Yeah, fuck, I was there. Can you tell me what you saw? Yeah, well, I guess so. I, I was there. Okay, I don't like to talk about it. It was it was the worst night of my life, okay? I fucking hate that place. Old Tom's? Yeah, fucking Old Tom's. That's where it all turned to shit. What do you mean? I'd been going to Old Tom's for a couple of months before that night. I was writing a lot then and was recording a new album. And I used the open mic to try out new songs and get an idea of how the audience liked them. It worked pretty good. And then fucking John Whitey Barnett happened. He walked in and tore everything from me. I don't understand. After that night, I couldn't write. I couldn't play. It was all gone. Just gone. I don't remember what he played, but I remember thinking that he was good, powerful. His songs reminded me of Robert Johnson's music, but I can't remember any of it now. I do remember the feeling something was sucking out my soul. Maybe start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. I got there maybe 10.30 or so. 
I had spent the day in the studio, and I was feeling frustrated. It hadn't been going well. It was missing something. It just wasn't coming together. My engineer was happy. He thought it was great. I hated it all. I had planned to drink some beer and maybe find a spark in the raw music on stage. Did you? No. No. I sat down near the front with a friend of mine. I remember being surprised how full the place was. Usually the open mic was kind of sparse, but the bar was packed. John was already sitting at a table near the back. I'd really hoped I'd missed his set. He was pretty bad. I don't think John Whitey Barnett is his real name. It sounds fake. Anyway, the, the air in the room shifted. And I looked around to see what had happened. It was like the lights flickered or someone famous walked in. You know, you know, Bob Dylan played there once. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Anyway, it wasn't anyone famous, but there was this guy leaning against the back wall. He looked, I don't know, he looked powerful. He was dressed in a suit, but there was something about him. He was smiling, and he was slick, like, like maybe he was a music executive or something. And, oh yeah, oh yeah, he had a strange dog with him. I've never seen a dog in there before. Anyway, I just noticed the man when the host called John to the stage. Can you describe what happened next? Not really. It's all very foggy, and it's been years. I don't even remember how many songs he played, but I remember the last one. Not the words, or even the melody, but I remember how it made me feel. It was a song I always wanted to write. It was a song that was in me, waiting to be written. It was my song. My last song. Chapter 4 David was tending bar. I met David at a busy bar in the annex. He's tending bar. I get the feeling he's annoyed by my questions. I don't know, man. It's just one of those nights, you know? Just a weird night. You were bartending at Old Tom's? Yeah, yeah. Have been for almost a month. Weird bar ran by this dude named Judy. He's an okay guy. I liked working there. Sometimes the music was pretty good. Not always, though. Sometimes it was shit. Do you play? Fuck no, but I know what I like. Like I said, it was just a weird night. How was it weird? Well, for starters, it was a Wednesday. It was always a bit weird, but this Wednesday night was even weirder. It was packed. Nothing like nights were never packed. That night, it wasn't an empty table. Very weird. Judy was happy, and so was the server. I don't remember her name. A cute blonde. <laughs> I don't know. It was something in the air. Did you know John? No. I'd seen him a couple times. He wasn't very good. Actually, he was terrible. I don't think he could even tune that shitty guitar he had. Did you see him that night? No. I think I was out back having a smoke when he came in. The server came to place complaining about Dwayne ignoring her. I mean... He wasn't a big tipper or anything, but he always was friendly and was good for a couple of beers, but this night, nothing. Dwayne? Dwayne, yeah. That's his real name. Not John Whitey Burnett. He just made that shit up to sound cool. He's one of the most uncool dudes I ever saw. 
I mean, that man was just a square. I did see the other man come in with the dog. Dogs aren't allowed in the bar. It was against the law, but Judy just nodded as the man walked in. Never said a word. That dog scared me. I'm not gonna lie. Did Judy know the man? Yeah, I think so. To be honest, Judy seemed scared of the man. I asked him about it later, and Judy lost it. Nearly got my face chewed off. Thought I was going to get fired. Judy calmed down and told me to mind my own business. What happened next? The music started. Pretty good that night. I got into a groove. The night was going good. Then I heard John start his first song. I can't remember what it was, but it was good, I think. When he was done, I heard gasps from the crowd. I looked up from the bar. I couldn't really see the stage, really. I saw a flash of light, and then John walked past me. No guitar, just walked out, followed by the dude in the suit and his fucking dog. Then? Then nothing. The bar emptied pretty quick. Again, it was a weird night. He just turned 12, and it's very early for musicians to pack it in, but... By one, we were counting out the tips. Judy seemed relieved. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things. When John left, I wiped my face and was wet like I'd been balling. Had you been? I don't think so. And the other thing? I haven't had an easy night since then. Every night since then, I've had these fucking dreams that scare the shit out of me. I mean, these dreams are fucking awful. I have to take sleeping pills just to get some sleep. I hope you enjoyed part one. Tune in next week for the conclusion. Dave Knox was Ryan, the host. Laura Fernandez was anonymous. Noah Zachran was Bradley, a songwriter. Julian Kent was David, the bartender. Music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.